you and your family want good luck for now and forevermore, send six copies of this letter to six people. What the? David, you know what this means? I sure do. Start the chase music, boys! Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now, this is going to take several years, as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are and even if you have some trivia to disclose. Our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com and we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's get started. I think that etc. is there, but it's just not on. No, it's not there. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not there. <laughs> Okay. Do you think, Shauna, uh, like you normally do when we're recording, you're looking at the episode? Of course. Okay. We've got to check in real time. <laughs> I don't know. I think that there might be a, a sign right above it that's not on. I see an S. But, okay. I trust Grace. But yeah, anyway, M- Maddie is not, I mean, you can't park at a red curb, you know what I mean? And then they definitely left the car there and stuff. So I don't know. what. It's pretty funny. I didn't notice that because I don't think we have that. The curbs are different. So does red on the curb mean you're not allowed to park there? Yes, okay. absolutely. Oh, we've just got a sign. Yeah. No, they don't paint the curbs. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, red curb means you can't park. So. Well, she's just ignoring everything, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Maddie looks up and goes, I'm not going in there. And they spit on the windshield. And <laughs> why are they doing that? Do you rather they use their tongues? <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, how on PC is this scene with, okay, you know, Maddie, you know, she comes from a different world of them wiping her window and all that. Nobody would like that. But when they walk into the store and David goes to the guy who's laying on the side, he goes, Hey, my man, where can I get a job around here? Yeah. Ooh, no, 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 no. That is a, That would not fly today. Yeah, that would not fly at all. Right now, no, you'd get Mm -hmm. in big trouble. And it is kind of mean. It is very unfeeling. (laughs) It's pretty harsh, even for the day, I would say. I mean, of course, we're not trying to correct anything or be like PC here, change moonlighting. It's just things you wouldn't see on TV today. And even for the time, it was a bit on the line, a little bit. Yeah. It was funny the way he said it, though. That's what I found funny, just the way he said it, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's just... uh, kind of driving the point home of like the disparity right between like 
Maddie and her, you know, safe little world. And like, what is that man doing? And why are they touching my car? And David having to protect her from these guys, you know. But he's had a change of heart from gunfight because in gunfight, he wanted her to stay in the car. No, don't come in here. This is a nefarious place. You stay in the car. Mm -hmm. But here he's like, don't worry, Maddie. Just keep your hands in your pockets. And for God's sakes, don't sit on anything that's been sat on before. Don't touch anything, you know. Come with me. (laughs) Well, yeah, he didn't want to leave her in the car with people all surrounding it and stuff. She certainly didn't listen to his advice about not sitting on anything that's been sat on. She like went right in there and sat on that stool. I was like, ah, Maddie. But she didn't want to touch the doorknob. I know, but she wouldn't touch the doorknob. (laughs) But I like how chivalrous he is again by going to the other side of the car and escorts her out of the car. That was nice. Yes. Yes, very protective. And I love how she like in the car is like holding onto his arm with both hands. Yeah. And everything. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, so much togetherness, so much Maddie and David together, right? He goes, uh, she makes me come here. I hate this place. Here, you know, like they're a couple <laughs> and, you know, she makes him go to their like sex cetera place. It's so good. So they make their way in and, you know, he's dragging her in by the arm and she's kind of shrugging back a little bit. Like, where am I? Why am I in here? She's like, oh my goodness. Oh, my badness. <laughs> oh, my badness. I know. <laughs> That's a good line. But I love the way she says... At the back of her throat, she goes, look at this stuff. Yeah. She puts her sunglasses like back on and then he's going to go talk to the woman behind the counter and he kind of gently takes her arm and kind of leads her away. Yeah. yeah he sort of says, I'll be there in a sec because he has to go and talk to the brainless woman. I don't even know what some of this stuff is for. And then he goes to tell her. Oh, well, the- beats me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole time they're in there, like she knows that he knows, but he doesn't want her to know that he's familiar with this kind of place. Yes, this kind of place, what they do, the equipment they have. What happens there. And the literary items. (laughs) Yep. Yep. All of this, all of these things, you know. All right. So he talks to the woman with the first living brain, brain, what is it? First living brain donor. (laughs) First living brain donor. That's right. Yeah. Excuse me. Can you show me where I can find booth number three? Uh-huh. First living brain donor. So funny. Yeah, this woman's not saying anything, is she? Kind of typical 80s punk. Very 80s. And, the, and then hair. he gets interrupted. Yep. The boots are in the back. And that's Alan Arkish. And that's Alan Arkish. <laughs> he said at some point someone didn't show up for that role. He was perfect. Yeah. He's yeah. got to be six foot six or six foot seven. He's huge. Yeah, because Bruce I mean, is tall. Bruce is looking up at him. Yes. I tried to look it up and I can't find how tall he is. Yeah, he's got to be 6'5". Six, six, and this little interaction is kind of playful between them two. So it seems like they liked him. That's so you know, good. Like, I know, they should have done more of that. You know, Glenn should have got in there. Jay should have oh, got in there, you know. Yeah. They should have. They should have played a little role. Three's okay, but four and seven are really the best. <laughs> oh, really? Thank you. Gee, I'm glad I ran into you. And then he looks at the book. <laughs> nice. The rash develops discontinued use. And he walks I know. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) Funny. And then Alan turns to the camera and looks at Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. Kind of looking at him like, what is he nuts? And did you notice he had a Band-Aid on his finger? Alan Arkish? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did not notice that. Mm. I don't know why I noticed that. He got hurt. And And Maddie's back there. I know. Maddie's there. Really getting into. She's getting into it. She's reading this book and she's making these noises. (laughs) 
She's like, Maddie, American woman. So good. And then David walks up and goes, Learn anything? I know. Oh my gosh, so funny. <laughs> I can't believe she actually picked <clears throat> up a book to read it. I know, really funny. If it was Sybil, she wouldn't be so shocked. No, not at all. So they make their way back to the booths and David's, you know, being David, knocking on doors and interrupting people. And he slams the door and says, Jimmy, come on, hurry up and get out of there. Your sister has to use the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And they're looking for the right room and they find it. Maddie doesn't want to touch the door handle. So David opens it for her and closes it and they go in the booth. She goes, what usually happens in these rooms? What, pray tell, would make you think I would know? And then she clears her throat and he says, all right, then what, pray tell, makes you think I would tell you? Yeah, I think the throat clearing is a little weird. I mean, usually you'd be like, mm-hmm. Normally they would just show a headshot of her just looking at him as if you know yeah. she's dying. I don't know. A, a throat clearing isn't normally mm. used for that kind of situation, but whatever. Except when he was trying to get credit for... Agnes's tickets to the ball. Mm-hmm. She, she clears her throat there too. Oh, really? So he moves the stool over. So she does sit on something that's been sat on, which he tells her not to, but uh, she does anyway. Oh, he's doing an Elvis impression here too, again, which I thought was funny. So the big door opens and the woman is sitting there and I just love her face when she sees Maddie and David sitting there together. Two well-dressed people. This really hot couple standing there and they need to come in and see her take her clothes off. Why? And the shot of Maddie and David from the prostitute's point of view, they look so prim and proper. Maddie's sitting there very straight backed and David's, you know, standing next to her, well, smirking. (laughs) But Maddie, I mean, Maddie just looks perfect. She is perfectly poised, legs crossed, her handbag on her lap and just like, you know. Complete opposite. Yeah. (laughs) And I love this. David, what is this woman going to do? (laughs) What is that woman going to do in there? David, that woman is going to take off her clothes. David, that woman is taking off her clothes. David, that woman has taken off her clothes. (laughs) And David is frantically trying to find coin to put more coin in the slot. David, what are you doing? I'm making sure we don't run out of quarters. (laughs) He gets a smack on the head with her handbag. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) Another hit for David. I know I would love to use this scene for my students, you know, Past tense, present tense. (laughs) If it wasn't someone taking off their clothes, it'd be a great, um, you know, (laughs) listening exercise for verb tenses. (laughs) Too bad I can't use it. You can show it to them. You can't see anything. (laughs) I know. You can't see anything. Yeah, it's true. I love that whole scene. One thing I just always noticed when they show the woman through the glass, there's like a fogged out part. And I don't know if that's just to make the glass look worn and older or to blur out some of it. Yeah, I noticed that too. They've made it look old and dirty, or have they blurred out something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was wondering, too. Now, how cute is the whole phone thing? 
Yeah, she with, pulls the phone towards her and they're ear to ear. <laughs> ear to ear, like the whole time, you know, it's like so they have, good. they're doing this whole thing, like their heads are together and they're listening together, you know, kind of like they do in the um, symphony and knock flat. They do that, you know, in the phone booth and maybe one other time when they're on the phone, I can't remember. But yes, I love the whole, there's so much physical comedy in this episode, but them listening together on the phone has just got to be one of the cutest things. Yeah, it's so good. And just her being mad and her just kind of always like tugging the phone, like getting annoyed at his comments. I love it when they're close together. Of course, that's what we're here for. She puts her robe back on and they say Mm -hmm. that they're representing Roger Clements. And she goes, what is this, like vicarious pleasure? (laughs) (laughs) It's great. So Maddie tries to explain that Roger would like her to call it off and the screen goes down. Boom. Great sound effect. I know, you don't get much time. No. It must be very expensive to go in there. (laughs) I know. Because it it looks like he put in at least 75 cents. Mm. So 75 cents for what, a a minute? 75 cents a minute, yeah. That could get pricey. Actually, I didn't time that. Okay, so they explained that he's scared that somebody may be already trying to follow him and he's prepared to call it off. And the great dialogue here where she's like, this isn't a department store. We don't take returns. And that she doesn't even know if she can get in contact with the people. So they give her the same amount of money that he gave her previously to call it off. Again, she's excited to see the money. And this time she asks for their phone number so that she can contact them any hour of the day. And Maddie says, Friday is less than 13 hours away. So anything you can do. And the thing goes down Mm -hmm. again. So first of all, one thing with the dialogue when the lady says, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, yes. I, I like, um, I like yeah, her dialogue. She says that. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know if I can contact the people. I mean, I don't know. I love the cut of the door going down, slam, and then we're in the car. We're back in the car. Yeah. It's a sudden change. Boom. You're in the car. Yeah. I like that transition. And I think that this car scene at night, I think that's the poor man's process. I think that's done on the lot. You can see traffic behind him, so I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, you can see cars behind David, so. But then they have kind of that one light that kind of drifts over the windshield. They have a short conversation about, do you think they can stop it? Yeah, they'll stop it. Then we get to Blue Moon. Just them kind of worrying, like, they think they'll be able to stop it. It'll be all right. They'll stop it. They're just kind of like worrying about, will it happen? I'm not sure if this timeline works out. Because they're back at Blue Moon, they both walk in, but they get in at midnight because you had the Star Spangled Banner on the TV. So did that mean that the TV airing would cease at midnight back then? Yeah, as soon as the programming was finished for the night, then the National Anthem played. Jeez, those were the days, weren't they? God, everything finished at midnight. (laughs) So she says Friday's less than 11 hours away. So where have they been all this time? Yes, you're right. It's like when they got there, it was daytime, clearly. I mean, but then they're talking about what they just witnessed, you know, which was, you think they'll stop it? They'll stop it. They'll they'll do it. Like, it'll happen. They have this dialogue in the car. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. yeah, it's not like they've really been anywhere else. It does seem like they're coming straight from this place. But, yeah, it's like hours later because it's, now it's nighttime. Yeah. Dark, like you said, you know, midnight when they get back to Blue Moon. So it must be about 11 o'clock in the morning when they're at the store Mm. and then it's midnight by the time they get back to Blue Moon. So I'm not quite sure what the gap there. Yeah. And I love how when they come out of the elevator and they're walking down the hallway, they're very like shoulder to shoulder. They're very like in sync and they're very like moving together. And 
And then they get back to Blue Moon. It's nice lighting too when they walk in, silhouette-type light. The blue, the blinds. Yes, all of that, very like silhouettes. And yeah, you know, they step into almost darkness. I mean, what show in those days had, you know, where you just step into like a shadow. Yeah, very cool lighting as usual. The dark blues. They hear the Star Spangled Banner. They look towards David's office. They walk that way. And Agnes is in there. So she's obviously been like keeping Roger Clemens company. And Roger's looking out the window. They tell him off for being at the window. Because yeah. there could be somebody out there with a high-powered rifle. I know. Can you imagine? It's true. But David doesn't close the curtains. He moves him no. away, but he doesn't close no. the curtains. Yeah, I know. Yes. they. I guess Roger's hoping to see his wife down there again or something. He keeps mm. looking out the window. So mm. they decide to stay the night. And poor Mr. Pesto, though. Mr. Pesto, you can go home now. That poor girl, she's got to catch a train and a bus to get home. I know. Mm. Maybe she takes a taxi. Maybe Blue Moon will pay for a taxi this late well, at night. Better. <laughs> yeah, they better. So Maddie decides to stretch out in her office and Roger takes the couch. So that's the end of that. Until morning, yeah. they wake up to a phone call. But how cute is mm-hmm. David when he's asleep? Mm-hmm. Cute. So cute. Such a little cutie. Just sleeping there in his hand. And then uh, the phone rings and he forgets where he is because <laughs> he's like, hello? hello? I mean, Blue Moon? Hello? I mean, Blue Moon? Huh? Oh. <laughs> I like that. Yay, Grace, they've done it. They called off the hit. Woohoo. <laughs> so yep. they've called it off and they put Roger on the phone and they talk to him and he's happy and they've called it off and it's all good. They walk out of Blue Moon. Roger says, I don't know how to thank you. And David says, Money works. <laughs> Money works, yeah. And you know what I noticed? These are the only two scenes they are actually with this actor. Yeah. They're with him physically in Blue Moon and in the parking garage. That's it. Right. And, you know, Roger Clemens seemed so happy. I was thinking, gosh, he must feel so relieved. It was like he was a man on the verge of death. And then it's like he got his life back because they called it off and they said they did. You know, I mean, I wonder what, you know, where's the miscommunication? What happened there? Well, you find out later. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Moonlighting um, plot. Roger says, I'm free to cancel my will and make dinner plans for Monday. Now watch, I'll die in a car accident, right? Oh, don't be silly, mm-hmm. Mr. Clemens. There's a little foreshadowing, huh? Mm. So they decide to go home and begin searching for Mrs. Clements on Monday. And he thanks them so much. He's so happy. And they begin to walk away and they're yawning. And Maddie says, what time do you have? about 31 hours to a wedding so he's still thinking he's going to this damn wedding a line you know where we talk about quoted moonlighting lines where they say you know what do we do now go to our respective homes and get some respective sleep something that i say to myself which nobody would ever get besides i love moonies. i love how we use moonlighting lines and nobody has any idea what we're talking about nobody has any idea <laughs> I like do the same little... thing with um, West Wing. There's a lot of great lines in West Wing that you can use too. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Now, when they turn around and as the explosion happens, it's clearly their doubles. I'm sure but you it, noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's obvious. But it's very quick and it's believable. So, yes. Um, and needed. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. What time do you have? About 31 hours to wedding. 
And then Maddie and David kind of hovering together, his arm around her on the floor as they're like, whoa. Yeah. Bits of guy. Very dramatic. Wow. Super dramatic. Mm. Yes. That was crazy. I mean, to see someone get blown to bits. I mean, how traumatic. I mean. This time they did see bits of guy. Exactly. That's what I was thinking because he kind of says it later. Scraping him off the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. they They know bits of guy, don't they? No bits of guy. Then we cut to another car scene. Mm-hmm. Them coming from the police station where they've been interrogated about this whole situation. And boy, is he tired in this scene. He's talking crap. He's like anything that's coming into his head, he's blurting it out. Yeah, he's just rambling. And doesn't David or doesn't Bruce look different here? His mouth is kind of, I don't know, it just looks so different. Like the way he's holding his mouth and everything. Or maybe he's trying mm-hmm. to look tired. He's just like her womanhood. Womanhood. Oh, yeah, I can see you know. it. I'm looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like looks weird to me. Now, this is such a like interesting scene because Maddie doesn't say a thing. No, I know. Why doesn't she say a thing? Just in general, like why wouldn't Maddie say anything just because he's just like saying nonsense and there's really nothing to respond to? It's a strange scene because she doesn't say yeah. a word. I just thought, you know what? He's talking crap. He's just thinking out loud. Although she does smile. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of nodding and smiling and like, mm, you know, commiserating, like, mm-hmm, and kind of rolling your eyes a little bit about, you know, she had to keep repeating the question because her womanhood's distracting me. And I had to ask her like six, seven times to repeat the question because, I mean, I'm sitting there and right at eye level is her, uh, well, you know, her uh, womanhood, womanhoods. She's like, oh, David. But later when he's like, you know, when I'm tired, I just say anything that comes to my mind. And she's like, understanding. I think she's just tired. I guess they, they've just been up all night, you know? They're just tired and they've been through a traumatic experience and he's rambling and she's just letting him talk, maybe. And he's talking about why do women wear those lacy bras with a shirt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone should tell women about that. We don't want to see the flowery lace. You know how some women wear them bras with the flowery lace on them? And then they, they put a shirt on. And you can see the flowery lace showing through. Why do they do that? I mean, you're looking up there and you don't want to see any outlines of flowery lace. It's only one reason you're looking up there. Somebody ought to tell women about that, you know? I wonder if that's true. That's so funny. There's only one reason we're looking up there. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny. Yeah, it's good how he talks about the female cop. What do we call her? You know, copette. (laughs) Copette. So he's just just telling her his experience with his police officer during the interrogation because obviously they might have thought that they were involved somehow. Yeah. And he just giggles, you know. Sometimes when I get tired, I just start talking and say whatever comes into my brain. (laughs) So funny. All right, so we're back at Blue Moon. We get feet out of the elevator. Yeah, It's not often we get both of theirs. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. It's usually hers or his sometimes, but both, not no, not too often. Very rare that we get both of their feet out of the elevator. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he's funny. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm one tired jamoke. One tired jamoke. Then he says, oh, hit that. And he does this thing with his fist. Then he hits his head mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to do it. What's that mm-hmm. about? I think she's just like tired and over him like, David, you've just been talking and talking and now you want me to hit your hand and that, you know. I think they're just tired, you know. I think it's just a scene that shows that, yeah, they're just tired. She's just yawning and, you know, he's just talking. 
We hope you're enjoying listening to Moonlighting the podcast. And for all you devoted Moonlighting fans out there, we now have Moonlighting merchandise. Check it out at redbubble.com slash people slash moonpod2016. He says, you get your stuff and I'll get my stuff and we'll meet at the elevator. Why do they have so much stuff? Why, why, why would they have, have stuff? so much stuff? Is he moving out? Would, like he had a box yeah, or why, something. Why does David have a box? What the hell? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, um, he's got a box of stuff and, you know, what would she need? Why'd they have to go back there? But did you notice there was a cut in the editing when he walks out to get the elevator yeah. and then you've just got that plain shot of the blue moon door? Mm-hmm. There's a cut in between that. So it's like they started the film and then they started again from there. It's very, very slight, but you can see it. But he gets to the elevator pretty quick, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I said. There's definitely not enough time. It's around the corner. Yeah, and down the hall. That's it. It's not right there. And you could hear the uh, ding, you know, and yeah. And it wouldn't be that loud because it'd be right around the corner. So, yeah. All right, so she doesn't come, so he comes back, and that's when you get this funny little scene where Another. she thinks that she's out there, David, and he's like, uh-oh. He's thinking, oh, no, we're not going to this wedding again. <laughs> and he's like, no, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she's not. So you have that little scene where Alf Clausen decides to do the music according to David's steps, which is really good. I know. It's really funny. It's just another really playful scene, you know. Mm. No, she's not. Yes, she is. She's out there somewhere, David. Uh-oh. She is. She's out there. No, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she's not. And has this ever really been done before? Probably has. What's that? I don't know, but when she turns around, he's got his hand over her mouth and he goes, what do you think? Is she out there? And the camera goes. Yeah, the camera moves. No. <laughs> the camera goes, no. Yeah. So, that, I mean, how funny is that? That's breaking like the fifth wall. Let's ask them. Is she out there? See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the camera's like answering for us. And his hand over her mouth again. We get that a few times. Like in Witness. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Witness and in... What's the one where the guy um, died in the plane crash? They think he died in the plane crash and he, they're out in his hallway and he covers her mouth, you know, and takes her out of the building with his hand over her mouth. Oh, the murder's in the mail. Murder's in the mail. Yes, his, his hand over her mouth there too. Yes. I love how David is so Bruce, like pulls his hand away from her mouth. Like, <laughs> you know, it's such a showman sometimes. So funny. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. I think Maddie here is feeling a little bit responsible for Roger's death and still wants to solve the case, even though they no longer have a client. So at least they can work on the second half of the case, which is what the client wanted. But David doesn't believe that he saw her at all from the fifth floor. He mentions the fifth floor and believes that that Mrs. Clements is dead. Possible, but highly unlikely sighting of Mrs. Clements from a fifth story window is not even worth discussing. I noticed that every time she turns around when he has his hand around her mouth. Her hair is different. Uh, okay. Different day. He has a good point. It's in the hands of the police now, yes. you know, and we're not even sure that he saw her and it's like, he's gone now. And but so Maddie, right? Like she has to see it through. She has to like 
solve the case anyway, you know, and is it a diversion because she knows if they're not working on this case, now they're going to the wedding or I don't know, she might <laughs> not to go to the wedding. <laughs> like yeah, David think- so wants to go to this wedding. He is like finding any reason in any way that they can now go. I think Maddie is subconsciously trying to find a way not to go because she doesn't want the questions from her family. She doesn't want all those things that she said earlier. Plus, they're going to go, oh, who's this gentleman? Who's this? All the tongues will be wagging saying, who's this gentleman with Maddie? They're all going to be loving him. Yeah, maybe she does. Maybe the more she's thought about it, the more, you know, because he's delighted and excited that she doesn't really want to be put in that position. I like how David says he was 50 feet in the air when he saw her. If he saw her, and it's my boat that he didn't saw her. He only thought he saw her. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that. Oh, that's great dialogue. You but, know what else he says? He says, you and I haven't slept in a bed for two days. And he says that in, in God, we strongly suspect as well. And he says it the same way. Yeah. We've been in the same clothes for two days. He says mm. in, in God in, in yeah. this one. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie doesn't care. She's just, you know, go, 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 go. That's it. One of my favorite scenes here coming up in all of Moonlighting, her grabbing him or him grabbing her hand and, you know, walking out and him, her dragging him along. The coordination on this too. I mean, how great. So Maddie starts to leave the office and I guess as she passes him, he grabs her hand and she drags him along into the main office. When the chair stops, he pops up and um, they're nose to nose. And to me, the chemistry here of them looking in each other's eyes is second to every daughter's father as a virgin in the doorway. Yeah. Like, There's just so much chemistry in this it's moment. So good. Them. It's so beautiful. And Sybil really knows how to use her eyes. She does that blinking, that blinking down thing and back up yeah. looking at him. She uses her eyes so well with being flirtatious. She kind of breathes into him. She like leans in. It's like, they're so close. It's just, that's just when you feel like the chemistry, you know, that's what we love. And he is putty in her hands, you know, Mm. David, I can't, but you know what? He's so good at pivoting and just going with the direction that Maddie wants to go in. At this point, I think he knows wedding's not happening. This is what they're doing this weekend. They're working on this case. What time should I pick you up? How about this? How about we get on the red eye? We go to Chicago, check into the Drake Hotel, (laughs) go to a wedding, eat a little cake, drink a little champagne, dance to bunny hop. Come on. It's a stuff dreams are made of. And I'm prepared to go at no cost whatsoever to you. And that's when they they meet. Um, oh. I looked up the Drake Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a Drake Hotel in Chicago. I didn't look up the pictures, but it sounds very nice. Founded in 1920, designed in the Italian Renaissance style and became one of Chicago's landmark hotels. And guess what? It was a funny little link here to wow. the Drake Hotel because they had many famous people that stayed there, like Judy Garland and Ronald Reagan and... Elizabeth Taylor, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, and also Charles Lindbergh, because he mentions the Lindbergh baby later. Oh, yeah. Funny. I think I've told you before, I lived in Chicago for five years, so I know right where the Drake Hotel is. Okay. Um, Right off of Michigan Avenue and Lakeshore Drive, overlooks Lake Michigan, really big hotel. It's right in front of you as you're driving into the city on Lakeshore Drive, which is that main drive that goes along Michigan Avenue. Yeah, it's a big, very noticeable hotel style beautiful oh, hotel so very i know nice. you can just picture right where they would would have been staying you know Love and that. you know what else i looked up the bunny hop oh is this something you guys do in oh, australia because it's hilarious no it's very similar to oh. nutbush it's very similar to nutbush but you hop after it but you know how nutbush you go side mm. to side with your feet 
you do that. And mm-hmm. I watched it on YouTube. It was um, an episode of the Ray Anthony show from 1953, and they did the bunny hop. I was laughing my head off, Sean. It was hilarious. I must try it. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it was good. So funny. Yeah, so David tries to talk her out of it, the silence, and she says, I can't. You know, I can't do it. What time do you want me to pick you up in the morning? How does a little after 10 sound? Great. Sounds like noon. <laughs> so he adds two hours to it. He's going to sleep in at least. Yeah. So they must have left there. He dropped Maddie off. He took the car home. He slept in, went back, picked her up, right? Because he said he was yes. going to pick her up. So he must have kept the car. Yeah. She's Notice. always driving. Yes. See, that's something I never take notice. She she drives and everything. You always notice that stuff so good. Did you notice a little touch that Sybil added at the end when they're walking out of Blue Moon and he's locking the door and you can see her through the window? Mm -hmm. She scratches her head because obviously Mm. they haven't showered for a couple of days. (laughs) I Mm. thought that was good. Yeah, that is good. It's like you're ready to get home. Yawning and scratching. and, And then we're back in the car. It's the same neighborhood, it's the same scenery that they've been like driving through before. It's at Hancock mm. Park-ish. They're both yeah. very tired. Three o'clock here, five o'clock in Chi-Town. I know, three o'clock, okay. So what have they been doing for three so hours? I know, yeah, just uh, looking around for Celia Clemens, I guess. <laughs> I love what he says here about how he describes a wedding, a full-on description of a wedding, yeah. how it all works. Fantastic, I love it. Yeah, it's so right, too. Yeah. And the one line I really love is, what does he say about the maids of honor? Hoping that they're not. Hungry guys, hoping there's no such thing as a maid of honor. Bridesmaids trying to find out who really is the best man. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that's such a good like play on, on words, on the uh, roles in a wedding. But it's really sweet when he says, she goes, what's your point? He goes, no point. Just hope you'll ask me again. I just hope I'm smart enough to say yes. And she smiles. I know. Now, why didn't she respond to that, Shauna? That's when she should have responded. But no, she smiles. And he says, And I just hope we're smart enough to go. And she goes, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Now she responds? She should have responded to the thing he said before that. I know. Yeah. Sometimes she just deserves a slapping. Yeah. She's not giving him much. He really is just so wishing that they were at that wedding, but they could have gone. I mean, he's just really thinking about what could have been, I guess. Maddie, again, is just kind of that, like, not saying much. She's just kind of smiling. And yeah, I know. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. But do you agree that this scene, okay, so if you look at what she's wearing, she's basically wearing, I'm, I'm not saying that she was wearing the outfit from before, but she's not wearing the outfit that they show in the next scene with the pink draped. Okay, yeah. So I think that they filmed the, the car scenes at the same time. She's got like the same earrings. Her hair is basically the same. They're in that same neighborhood. But then he's not wearing his jacket either. Because in the next scene, he's wearing a brown jacket and she's wearing a draped pink blazer type of thing, you know. But they're not wearing that in the car. Okay, I'm looking at it. Yeah, it looks like she's taken the jacket off. That's the same shirt that she wears to the lawyer's office later. Yeah, they probably just changed clothes. And he's not wearing his brown jacket, you know, because in the next scene he is. Just observations, you know? Yeah, of course. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But that's nice of him to say that. He let that out that, just hope you ask me again. Yeah. Because he really wanted to go. He doesn't understand why they investigated. They've covered all the bases. The police report has her dead. The newspaper reports have her dead. And the salvage yards has a car that's dead. So what are we doing? <laughs> and he says this woman... Took a Sunday drive down a 200-foot cliff without a road. Jesus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the way he puts things. And here in this scene, you can clearly see light globes in the reflection of his glasses. Yep, again. So Maddie argues that they still haven't found a body. So it is possible that she may still be alive. Big ocean, Maddie. Lots of places to hide. So Maddie thinks a little and then she agrees with him. She goes, okay, all right, you convinced me sort of thing. I'm right. Of course I'm right. Well, now that we've got that settled. The night's still young. I still got a rented tux. You still got a formal. What do you say we crash a high school prom? <laughs> and that's when she says, David, you know what we should do? Which she does in a future episode also. <laughs> what? Get a corsage? Rent a limo? Spike the punch? Give mm-hmm. back the money. And this is oh, when gosh. he loses his freaking mind. Whose money? Clement's money. Before this scene ends, I noticed, you know, when he's excited, he goes, oh, cool. Okay, good. We're going to a wedding. So he takes his glasses off. And for the rest of the scene, you can see him looking at the dash. Did you notice that? I reckon he's reading off the dash. Yeah. And the scene before when they, you know how Sybil said that sometimes they would take the pages and tape them to the dash. Mm. I know that's what what you're talking about. When they park outside the et cetera. You know, just out of the corner of Maddie's glasses, I think that you can see pages on the dash. Oh, I didn't look at that. I, I think. I think, yeah. So okay. I think you're right. This is the second time I reckon David looks at the camera, but he's got his glasses on because she says to him, you know what, you're right. And he's like, and he looks at the camera, but he's got his glasses on. Okay. Now, in the Moonlighting Strangers fanzine, it was Alan Arkish that they interviewed, right, who said... Uh, one of my favorite quotes mm-hmm. about filming with Sybil and Bruce when they were in the tow car after they were done filming and they would be going back to the lot, he could see that they were deep in conversation and, you know, shared personal things about their lives. So I reckon this is an episode that he'd be talking about because there were so many car scenes. Yes. It might've been the one he was talking yeah. about. Yeah. I think so. And they seem like they're close here. They seem like they're getting along. They seem like it was probably a time where they were talking and sharing things about their lives yeah. and stuff like that. Mm, yeah, interesting. Anyway, I think we can see that, you know. 
So from the time that she says, I'm going to give back the money, to the time they get out of the elevator, are you telling me they haven't discussed it? So it's a whole <laughs> continuation of the dialogue, but they've got to Blue Moon, they've parked the car, they've waited for the lift, they've come up the lift, and they got out of the lift and they're still talking about it. So that was funny. They've done that before. I think they they did that in Every Daughter's Father is a Virgin, where it's like they, you know, when the elevator opens, yeah, the the conversation continues, but they hadn't discussed it before that. Yes, such typical Maddie behavior, wanting to return the money, give back the money. We are not keeping this money. We are not taking this case. So Maddie doesn't believe they earned it. Where's this money? What are you nuts? We didn't do anything to earn it. Earn it, earn it. Who died and left you, John Houseman? Seems like somebody's referenced before, but who is that? John Houseman was born Jacques Houseman. He died in 1988, born in 1902, was a Romanian-born British-American actor and producer of theatre, film and television. Now, this is where it's interesting. He became known for his highly publicised collaboration with director Orson Welles from their days from the Federal Theatre Project, which they started together, through to the production of Citizen Kane. He was also known for his commercials for the brokerage firm Smith Barney. And the reason David says that is because in the ad, he says, Smith Barney, they make money the old-fashioned way. They earn it. Right, yes. All right, so they're back in Blue Moon, and Maddie's um, determined to call his lawyer, right, about the estate and returning the money. and His estate, and his they- estate. What's he going to do with it? Go to Fiji, get a new car, get himself another estate? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> they didn't do the job they were hired to do. And David says, We blew on anything can happen weekend in the Windy City. Mm-hmm. That slips right yeah, past, yeah. doesn't it? Sure does. So Maddie decides to ring Clement's attorney. She gets the number pretty quick. I don't know what happened there, but um, yeah. David thinks he's not going to be there because it's a Saturday. So she rings, asks to speak to the attorney, and she says, Oh, you are. And then David looks in the camera and says, You knew that was coming, didn't you? So that's the third time. Okay, third time, yes. But that's a real fast-paced scene. So they arrive at the attorney's office and, (laughs) of course, the lawyer makes a funny remark saying, kind of funny you should call. I'm not usually here on Saturdays. (laughs) But he's already looking a little nervous, isn't he? Oh, yeah. This actor is recognisable. I've seen him in other things. Yeah, Granville Van Dusen. I remember him from West Wing, as I always do. He was really good in West Wing. He was in Soap. And Mm -hmm. Space Above and Beyond. Looks like his career began in 71. TV shows. He did some movies as well. He was in Family Ties. Yeah. And this is why he's a very recognisable face. Melrose Place, Lois and Clark. Oh, look, he's just been everything. He did 53 episodes of The Young and the Restless. And in West Wing in 2003, he was the Assistant Secretary of State for Public Affairs. His name was Bryce Lilly. It looks like the last thing he did was 2012. Okay. Yeah. So he's still around. He's probably retired now. I like his name. It sounds Dutch, doesn't it? But he was born in 1944 in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Oh, wow. But his ancestry is possibly um, Dutch or something. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> did you notice the writers have provided a clue, a clue, a clue that the fact that the lawyer is um a bit dodgy <laughs> did you notice <laughs> no but they added because there's a box there with criminal written on it in texter <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny 
Yeah. Isn't that good? Yeah, so it is good. Very clever. And he's packing up all his stuff. So it's really good that they left that clue. Maddie explains to him that they were unable to provide that service and they want to give the money back. And he says, look, there's no need to. And he tries to give it back. Yeah. Of course, he's given it back because he's like, well, I'm going to get millions, so I don't need this amount. Yeah. You guys um, just keep it. Yeah. Because he's going to embezzle millions from this poor guy. But he's doing a good acting job on them. You know, he's saying, oh, his heirs will be very well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And he tries to return the check again, and Maddie says, good day, Mr. Margulies, as she zips up her bag. Good day, Mr. Margulies. And yeah. David says, toodles. <laughs> Even the lawyer thinks they're nuts for returning the money, Maddie. Crazy. But, of course, she's not having it. She shoves David right out the door. She's very bossy boots, isn't she, in this scene? Mm-hmm. Very determined. And... When was the last time we got this much Maddie and David together side by side, seeing them in the same shot, yes. scene after scene after scene? I love it. I just love mm. how much we actually get them together in this episode. Yeah, it's great. And I think yes. because they reduced the time that they were on the screen, because Roger Clements obviously takes up a lot of it, uh-huh. they thought, well, you know what? You two, you're going to be in the same shot. So there. Yep. You're going to work together this time, guys. Yes. You know, let's do this. And it's so yeah. good when they're in the scene together, though. It's great. Know? So wonderful. Of course. You oh, just amazing. get that dynamic between them. I know. It's fine when they fake it. You get the essence of them, you know, but there's nothing like them together in the same shot where we can see them side by side. Fantastic. So we're back at Blue Moon and David is not happy. We have steam coming out of his ears. You're mad, aren't you? Oh, gosh, yeah. He is real angry. No, he goes, no, just in a hurry. And he shuts the door on her. Oh, dear. Doesn't slam, but he slams the door on her. And she sticks her head in. Can we at least talk about it? He's not happy. It's ridiculous how she's given him money back and he's got to return his tux back to Harvey's. Otherwise, he's got to pay for the whole weekend. And apparently he didn't utter a word the whole drive back from the lawyer's office in the car. Yeah. He stopped talking to her. Yeah. It's like Maddie's kind of sabotaged everything here, hasn't she? Because... He was so eager about the weekend. He was so enthusiastic and so happy that she asked and that they were going to be together. Anything can happen weekend and all these possibilities. And they're working the case. Like I said, he pivots and he follows and he does what she wants him to do. But he has his limits and he reached it. I mean, Maddie, come on. But through all this, she's still being a bit nasty. Like she goes, do you want to tell me what's on your, what you're thinking about? (laughs) I know. (laughs) She knows she'll get a sarcastic comeback on that one just looks at her and says no it's okay we've already had this conversation had it to death had it to death <sighs> different cases different dollars but we've had this conversation wish yeah, I he says that a lot it. yeah he says that a lot and wish i had a dollar for every time he said it too yep atlas we played this scene mm-hmm. and all of that you know now the scene in david's office bruce's hair we, we mentioned like the shoe polish you know the darkening of the scalp and all that super obvious here oh i didn't notice it Yeah, his hair is like when he turns around, you'll see. It's very much darkened in. Thank you for supporting us, Moonlighting fans. We hope you are enjoying our episodes. And if you feel so inclined, Shauna and I would be very appreciative if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so that we know we're on track with our content and continue to provide you with a great experience. And as I showed you before, you know, what's really interesting is this is so set in the time when he did those Seagram's commercials and he did a press conference for Seagram's and, you know, they were interviewing him and he looks exactly like he looks in Funeral for a Door now. And 
interestingly enough, I sent you a clip from one of the commercials and mm. Celia Clemens was the model. Yes. So Cause, hmm. cause we didn't get those ads, obviously, because we don't have that brand. But yes, I wonder so if we, um, they met on the set the, of the, the ad and maybe he said to Glenn, how about we have her on the show? Yeah, she can play a role. I bet you anything. Because you know what that Celia Clemens is? 100% Bruce's type. Yes. I mean, she actually looks a lot like Emma, his wife, now. Yeah. He a loves lot. a brunette, that's for sure. He loves a leggy brunette. <laughs> Open your refrigerator. There's nothing there. What do you see? Seeker's golden wine cooler. How did that get there? Seeker put it there. Wet and it's dry. So, yes, I think there is a tie in there, definitely, that she was in that Seagram's commercial and then like, ooh, suddenly on Moonlighting. Yeah, Yeah, there's got to be a tie there. Her name's Terry Hafford, and she actually didn't do a lot of acting at all. Looks like she's got eight actor credits. Mm -hmm. She was a waitress in Riptide in 85. She did an episode of Falcon Crest. She was a model in that. She was a model in Cover Up, and then she was in Moonlighting. And the last thing she did was in 87, she was in the TV series Fame and she was okay. credited as being the attractive woman. So I think she might have been a model. So, yes, I very much think that Bruce got her a role in Moonlighting. And I bet Sybil was just as jealous as Maddie was when she walked right into David in the doorway here. Yes, I was thinking that too. And she walks up mm-hmm. quite close to him and touches his chest. She's got her hand on his chest. Oh, yeah. And Maddie is like not having it. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> David gets another knock to the girl. <laughs> but before that, they rush out of his office and he wants to take the suit back. So this is about the money. Maddie wants to know how he would have slept tonight if they didn't take the money back. And of course, <laughs> he has to get graphic, doesn't he? And he says, same as always. On my stomach. Boxers tangled around my ankles. And I love the way she looks at him. <laughs> Addison, have you no integrity in that please bun of a soul of yours? Yeah, it's a funny line. Yes, he paints quite a picture there of him in bed. He slams the door open and Mrs. Clements walks straight into him. The problem is, though, she must have been standing behind the door because she didn't come from the lift and she couldn't possibly come from the other end. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not like she walked past the window and came through the door. Yeah, true. We didn't see her. Where was she? Maybe she came from the bathroom. Yeah, That little magical door they have to the right there. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she walked like straight in. Excuse me. I guess I wasn't looking where I was going. If you had any idea of how you'd look, you'd pay a little more attention. <laughs> and Maddie does not like that at all, does she? And that's when she slams no. him against the wall. Slams him right into the Another door. Door slam number three. Um, <laughs> You're counting that as a door slam? Yeah, I'm counting that as a door. Even when they slam it open, I'll count as a David door David abuse. We need to get as many as possible, Shauna. <laughs> that's true. So um, people can buy a door slam. All right, so Maddie wants to know if they can help her, and she says, I don't know. And David says, I do. Unless you're Lindbergh's baby or Jimmy Hoffa, it's going to wait till Monday. (laughs) And the way this actress says, My name is Celia Clemens. In other words, she knows that they know who she is, like the name. Yep. So somehow she must have found out her husband went to them. Yeah. Um, And... Poor Maddie. Maddie's face lights up and it's the best line and had the expression on her face. But David turns back and goes, oh! <laughs> and Maddie's just standing there blinking at her like, mm. Yeah. And- Maybe it's not too late to get the money back. 
Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. By the way, this actress, she's pretty tall. Oh, yeah. In this scene, she's the same height as Bruce. Yeah, she's slightly taller than Maddie. They're kind of face-to-face. Then they have a a chat with Celia in the middle of the office, which is it's an unusual place. I don't think they've ever sat with a client in the middle of the office to have a chat. I made note of that too. It's like, why are they sitting in the main office at Blue Moon instead of going into Maddie's office or Bruce's office? In their casual clothes. And the, the music undertone again while Celia is talking. Your music, Shauna, that you introduced us with in this episode. <laughs> well done, Shauna. Thank you. So it's an interesting story what Celia tells Maddie and David about her life with Roger, that he was possessive, very jealous about anybody or anything around her. Even the dog. Even the dog, yeah. He told her that it had run away, but she reckons she saw it on the freeway one day in the back of somebody else's station wagon. She liked the attention for a while, but then, you know, it became too much. He just ran everybody away from their lives. So she approached a lawyer who said, yeah, you've got the option of divorce, but she didn't want to do that because he'd still hound her. He'd still follow her and find her wherever she was, wherever she went. And as she said, he would track her down to the end of the earth. My death however painful it was to Roger, would at least be final. He'd go on with his life, and I'd go on with mine. Then she drops a bombshell, Shauna, doesn't she? She does. So she says Mr Margulies had contacted her to let her know that Roger had organised with him to change his will, and that's when David realises that Margulies knew she was alive all along. When Mr Margulies called and told me Roger had contacted him, wanted to make an appointment to discuss his will... Second, knew you. He knows you're alive. And that's what she explains because that's why Roger saw her through the window because she was coming to Margulies' office to let Roger know she was still alive so he wouldn't go through with it because she had worked out what he was trying to do. Right, yes. But she couldn't bring herself to go into the building. She just didn't believe that he would actually go through with it. Yeah. So this is where it's revealed that his money will go to his heirs, but Celia confirms to Maddie and David that he doesn't have any heirs, that he was adopted, and that he hasn't spoken to his foster parents since he was 18. And she doesn't want any money. She says that if she wanted his money, she would have divorced him. So now Maddie and David realise that Margulies will now have total control of Roger's money. Yep. But I like how she portrays this character. She's very calm. She's very sweet. Yeah. And she's a little bit like she is in that ad. In that ad, she's very similar. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have actually recognised her just from the voice. I couldn't actually see the actress very well when you sent it to me. Uh It's pretty blurred. And I heard the voice. Oh, my God, that's Mrs. Clements. And then I saw her. Yeah, I don't think she has much of an acting range. I think she is more of a model. But, yeah. Yeah, she's good for the part, little Celia Clemens, you know. Yeah, Yeah, you can see why he'd be obsessed, right? She's gorgeous. She's sweet. Yeah, very pretty lady. Yeah. All right, so Maddie and David work out that uh, the lawyer is a criminal. He's up to no good. And now they've given him their share of the money too. So this guy does a really bad job of shuffling paper. (laughs) Did you notice? Yeah, he's a... He's just shuffling it around. He's not even packing it in the box. He puts one piece of paper on the box and the rest he's just shuffling. I'm like, what are you doing? And why bother packing up all your stuff anyway? Just like get out of there. If you're stealing (laughs) all this man's money, 
get out need. of there. Why are you there on a weekend packing? Exactly. Just leave. You don't need all this stuff anymore. Just do what Ron Sawyer did and run off to um, South America where they can never find you again and get that money back. Why are you bother packing at this office on a Saturday? <laughs> so Maddie startles him and says, What airs? And uh, <laughs> he plays it down and he's acting really calm as if, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like he's got nothing to be guilty of. Maddie starts quizzing him about what he said earlier. And I love how they put Maddie behind a box so you can't see her shoes. <laughs> it's obvious that, you know how I've said before how the trousers lift up a bit when you're wearing runners as opposed yeah. to wearing you're wearing shoes? Yeah, they've yeah. just put the box in front of her. It just cracks me up. <laughs> oh, Sybil. Yeah, so anyway, the lawyer is lying his way through this scene. He says that Roger's families, aunts, nephews, nieces, cousins are beneficiaries to the estate and they'll be well taken care of and they're going to do just fine. Yeah. But they break the news to him. Not a Corina Clement's wife. His wife. Yeah. Client of yours. Dark hair. Alive. Legs that go from here to there and back again. No, Mrs. Clements passed away. I love how Maddie goes, the late Mrs. Clements visited our office this afternoon. It's similar to what she says in Sun Also Rises when David's crapping on about his father, making out that, oh, yeah, I spoke to my father and all this. And she goes. And he's in your office. And he's in your office. Yeah. 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 She's like, no. She's like, makes the point. David tells him that Celia doesn't want any of that money. And he says, I think what we have here is a failure to remunerate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a cool hand Luke reference. It's a cool hand Luke reference. Absolutely. Such a famous line. It's uh, from the 1967 movie, Paul Newman movie classic, Cool Hand Luke. And it's his captain that actually says that. And he says, What we've got here is failure to communicate. But down through the years, we've started saying what we've got here is a failure to communicate when he doesn't say a. It's a memorable line used by the captain to justify beating Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. It's funny how one line from a movie can just go through the generations and people still say it. I know. It's funny yeah, how things stick in the culture. There's a few references, you know, to uh, just breaking up the fourth wall a little bit more with... I don't write these lines. You knew Clement's game all along. But when he decided to call it on account of hope, you made sure all nine innings were played. What? What? Don't gang up on me. I don't write this stuff. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then he also says, start the chase music, boys. So, <laughs> yeah. A lot of references to being a TV show. A lot of references, you know, breaking the fourth yeah. wall and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of him looking at the camera. So they did that more than usual here. Yeah, I think they were feeling a bit giddy about being near the end of the season and having fun. Yeah. And the chain letter stuff is yeah, funny. So you always got those chain letters, you know? Yeah. Chain letters were really the thing, weren't they? Yeah, that's um, so funny that they put that in there. So that's like a fun reference it's to the funny, time. So while they're talking, Maddie realizes that it was actually the lawyer who organized the car bomb so that it would look like the killing that Roger ordered. So they actually did get through to the people. Okay, that's right. right See, but, this is where but, the plot's but, yeah, yeah, so the lawyer realised, hang on, if he doesn't die, I won't get all this money, and he's a trustee. And he knew that Celia didn't want the money. Yep, that's true. So he knew they would go to him, so he organised a car bomb. You killed him, didn't you? You made it look like the killing he ordered so you could help yourself to his estate. <gasps> that's why you're packing, isn't it? So you can leave town before anyone's the wiser. Good plot. 
Yep. Good plot twist. Good plot. Yes. I like it's that. It's good because all the way through you're thinking, oh, damn, those people didn't get the yep. message or they wanted to kill him anyway. Yep. So Margulies, um saying they're letting their imaginations run away with them and he gives them the chain letter and, yeah, that's when. David, you know what this means? I sure do. Start the chase music, boys. <laughs> so the yeah. chase music starts. And can I just say, I was listening to it on the AirPods yesterday and it sounds great when that music starts. It's like boom, 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 you know. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, that's good. They run out to the corridor and the lawyer picks up a mop and then Maddie gives him a mop and they're doing the Star Wars thing. So that's the only music that they've bought for this episode by the looks of it, uh, the Star Wars theme, which I would imagine yes. would have cost a fortune. But anyway. Star Wars, I know. Well, that's one reason it's not been streaming yet, but hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Um, yes. I like how the lawyer has the blue broom handle and david has the orange broom handle yeah it's, it's very lightsaber and yeah it's cool yeah there's yeah. certain cuts yeah. with his body double in it and yeah yes. but it's really good really good yes definitely from the back body double yes um but yeah that's fun and david gets thrown around a little bit and of course eventually they land on each other <laughs> he lands on maddie and also david mentions sergeant garcia which mm. I didn't know what that was, but I looked it up and it's a character in Zorro because he mentioned Zorro as well. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. And he makes those karate uh, noises when... while he's while he's fighting him and <laughs> good. <laughs> and then when he finally lands on Maddie, you know, it's that whole, Get out of me! Just my luck. Finally get you prone and I'm facing the wrong way. <laughs> you know, this, this whole term prone, prone, what, what I like dated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like it first came up in Read the Mind, See the Movie when um, yeah. Omar Gauss said, were you prone when he gave you that information? <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, here Rude. The term the technology is quite uh, quite dated, I think. But, yeah, Mandy's like, get off of me. She's like yeah. holding onto his ear too. Then um, they get up and they start running after him <laughs> and it's the back of them, <laughs> but that girl does not run like Sybil. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Come back here, you crook. <laughs> and then you get the Jaws-like music when the, he rolls yeah. the water bottle down the corridor. <laughs> yeah, with the water. Um, 710 split. <laughs> now, what is that? It's like bowling, that... bowling reference, yeah, oh, the okay. 710 split. Yeah. Right. What a chase scene. You know, he's rolling water at them. Like, how's this going to do anything? And they, and they just step aside and watch it go down. You know, it's funny, like. This reminds me of um, the end of Tupperman a little bit where they're like, mm. you know, it's a silly kind of chase through hallways yes. and yeah, rolling down water the bottles. and Down that. the steps. Yeah. <laughs> then I've got here that Margulies goes down the stairs. He's blocked in. Then Maddie says, seems like the only way out is up here. And that shot, mm -hmm. you can see she's wearing her runners as her pants are riding up. Whereas <laughs> in the previous shot with the bottle rolling down, um, yeah. her pants are sitting high on top of her shoes. So you can tell the difference right. that she's not wearing her proper shoes. Yeah. All right. It's all over Margulies, but of course, Margulies, guess what he does? He gets an he, axe. He grabs the Die Hard axe again. Yep. As you do in Moonlighting and Die Hard. An axe is always available. <laughs> an axe is always available on Moonlighting. No matter what century. So yeah. he starts coming up the stairs with the psycho shower music. Gosh, see? All of these, you know, all of this adds up to a lot of money in that in those music rights. Well, it's not exactly the psycho music, so they might have got away with it. 
Okay. Um, okay. But David throws the bin at him, which I don't know what that's going to do, but anyway. Oh, I know. Um, yes. But Maddie's funny. not finished. She goes out and grabs the hose. And he's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And he points it towards himself. And you can tell he scrunches his face before the water comes out. <laughs> ah, he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. <laughs> yes. Puts it towards Maddie. So Maddie's getting all wet. And then she's going, yeah. no, to him, to him, not me, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and when they point it at him, the water pressure changes to like um, instead of a spray, it's like a. It's straight. Yeah. 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 Behind them on the door, there's two signs. It says stairway, and then underneath it says stairwell. It's like, yeah, why, why does it say I saw that. Yeah, I was like, what is going on there? It's it. so funny. That was strange. Maddie does her Stooges sound. <laughs> as she. Yeah, and, and Bruce does too, like hitting, you know, Bruce is doing Stooges too, hitting himself Bopping in the his head. Face. And then he yeah. wipes his face with her jacket. Oh, yeah, with her jacket. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> And that stream of water would not be strong enough to knock him down the stairs, you know, and all that. And there's a sign on the wall that says, walk, don't run, which is funny. I don't know. All this signage is just funny. Oh, yeah, because if there was a an emergency, you're not allowed to run down the stairs. But you know, who's not going to run, seriously? Oh, my gosh. And he has a cheeky little, you know, you're pretty good with a hose. <laughs> David. Pretty, you're pretty handy with a hose. Pretty handy with a hose. And she yeah. says, say goodnight, David. Goodnight, Good David. David. <laughs> but did you notice there was two cuts? Her, I mean, not two cuts. Her hair is different from the second last cut to the last cut. It's yes. not as bad wet. in the second last cut, but the last cut, her hair's much more wet than it was in the previous one. Wet, right. Great ending to a great episode. Yes. Yeah, great ending to a great episode. Really playful, really fun. A lot of references there. Really good. So good. Quite yes. funny. I mean, I didn't time it, but we got a little bit less of them, but they were in the scenes together, a lot of scenes together, which is fantastic. I know. Which I'd yes. never actually noticed. Now that we're analyzing, we know. Terrific. Terrific. Yeah, we didn't mention Patty Lotz. She's the human brain donor. Okay. She didn't do many things. She was known for Body Double in 1984, which was good, and Loving in 1983. So she didn't do a lot of things, but maybe because she couldn't talk. <laughs> so that's Patty Lotz. Okay. So this episode was an episode with a French translation, a foiled fake death, a witness from nine floors up, a car down a cliff without a road, an adult bookstore, a girl in a booth, an Agnes rhyme, a phantom knocker, a wedding escort, a dentist named after an almond, an NSM who's a eunuch, hungry Mrs. Peterson, Maddie with no backbone, Maddie wants to rent a guy, David is eye crust, David is navel lint, the world's first living brain donor, a director in an adult bookstore, the TV ends at midnight, Agnes babysits, a car bomb, Maddie and David go to their respective homes. David gets distracted by womanhoods. David is one tired jamoke. Maddie gives the money back. David's boxes tied around his ankles. Celia Clements returns. A crooked lawyer. A failure to remunerate. A chain letter. The final chase. A fight to rival Star Wars. Another diehard axe. 
Maddie gets handy with a hose. <laughs> so the references on this episode were the reference to Cool Hand Luke, the Jordan Armand, the Drake Hotel, the Bunny Hop, the Lindbergh Baby, Jimmy Hoffa, Sergeant Garcia and Zorro and so much more. Shauna, is this episode in your top ten? It absolutely is, Grace. It's great. Yeah. It is a standout episode and a great season. I think the plot is good. It moves along. There's a lot of humor. You get a lot of Maddie and David. You get nose-to-nose chemistry. I agree. You get some outside, you know, life stuff like them going to the wedding together and possibly and his feelings about it. Good case. What's not to like? They have some nice scenes together and they're happy and except for when he's angry about her giving the money back. But apart from that, the relationship's pretty good in this episode. But even angry David is a hot David. (laughs) Of course. Um, Of course he is. (laughs) What about you, Grace? Is it in your top ten? Drum roll, please. Well, I don't have my list here, but I don't think it is. No. Okay. No, it's not in my top ten. It should be, I know. But as I've said many times before, I just felt there were other episodes that were more worthy to be in my top ten. But I love this episode. Yeah. It is hilarious. Got a lot of references. They're in scenes together. It's funny. There's a lot of physical comedy in it. And I like the plot. The plot's good. Except for yes. some time lost where we don't know where they've been for the last three hours. But apart from that, it's really good. <laughs> the timing was a little weird. Yeah, well, sometimes we lose some hours with those guys. Who knows what they're up to? Yes, great episode. Shauna and I have come to the conclusion that it's dead as a doornail. Therefore, because it's dead, it needs a funeral. So it's funeral for a doornail. <laughs> we only had two outfit changes. Oh, yeah. That's right. We had only two. Is that amazing? Yeah, only two. Four door slams, and David looks at the camera four times, and only one feet out of the elevator. Because okay. the other time they come out of the elevator, it's... Yes, not feet. And an Agnes rhyme. Yes, well, you know me. I always love a good Agnes rhyme. Okay, so moonlighting stats so far. We have 15.5 rhymes from Agnes. We have 11 feet out of the elevator. And we have a grand total so far of 84 door slams. So that's the moonlighting stats so far. So what's next week's episode, Shauna? Oh my gosh, Grace, we have come to the end of season two and we are going to talk about the season two finale, I should say, starring Whoopi Goldberg and Judd Nelson and that is Camille. Another funny episode where Whoopi Goldberg went up to Glenn and said, can I be in your show and can I bring my friend Judd? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And we get a lot of the exterior of Blue Moon on the lot of um, Fox. We Mm. get a sneak peek behind the scenes in this one, yeah. Let's not give too much away, Shauna. Not yet. It'll all be discussed very, very soon. The end of season two. Oh, my God, Shauna. I can't believe it. It's just blown, isn't it? I know. It has. We must be having so much fun doing these episodes of Moonlighting. Fun flies when you're having fun. I can't believe we're going to be talking about season three pretty soon. I mean, what a pivotal season. How did we get to this point already? To all our Moonlighting fans, thanks for listening and for all your support so far. And I'll talk to you next week about Camille, Shauna. Well, until next time. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to to Moonlighting the Podcast.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.